Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So did you catch the interview on Fox News this weekend with President Trump and Chris Wallace? There were some uh, fireworks in that bad boy. A couple blockbusters and M80 here or there. Yeah, we got that. Got some more video audio of Antifa folks and other peaceful air quotes protesters calling for things like, you know, the abolishing of the United States and that kind of stuff. I'm not kidding. Just listen to what they're listen to what they're telling you. Not what I'm telling you. They're telling you listen to what they're saying. Loaded show today, including finally another enormous break in the whole collusion hoax spygate fiasco. Welcome to Monday. It's the Dan Bongino show. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online data from prying eyes. Get a VPN today. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome on this Monday to the Dan Bongino show. Producer Joe, how are you fine, sir, after this long weekend? Well, good morning, Mr. Bongino. I'm doing well. Now yourself? Yeah, yeah you doing well? <laughs> I caught that. Yeah, I'm doing good. I caught that. You got a little cross. We'll explain another time. Okay. Something very important happening later on today, folks. So it's going to be a busy day to say we're going to mm. see the yeah. Dan Bongino show and Bongino Incorporated are testing out a theory today. How much stuff in multiple states, they can pack into one 24-hour day. I'm not kidding. Maybe I'll give you an update another time. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Today's show, Joe knows what I'm talking about. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Aslo. Listen, hours of your day and fees come from your pocket. Hours, fees, you're paying a lot, you're paying in time, you're paying in money. You're spending too much on both of those when it comes to banking for your business. Stop it. It's 2020. There's got to be a more convenient and affordable way for business banking. There is. It's our solution, ASLO, A-Z-L-O. It's a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, and no fees. Unlike other banking options, there's no minimum deposit required. You'll never be charged maintenance or overdraft fees. And there's no ridiculous phone system that feels designed to waste your time and annoy you. Instead of days or weeks it takes to apply for an account at a traditional bank where you're still required to go in person, with ASLO, you just go to azlo.com and apply in as little as 10 minutes. There's no waiting to use your account. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you can deposit up to $1,000 and access it in your account instantly. Aslo is owned by BBVA USA, a member of FDIC, and because they make business banking easy and offer a fee-free checking account, fee-free, Money Magazine called them the best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs like us. Sign up right now with no minimum minimum deposit at aslo.com slash Bongino and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Kit. Spelled A-Z-L-O dot com slash Bongino. Sign up with a free Small Business Starter Guide. Get that today and no minimum deposit. Aslo.com slash Bongino. Don't wait for business banking. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. Yeah. Ding, I need that bell on a Monday. It gets me going. Yeah. So some of you saw the interview this weekend President Trump did with uh, with Chris Wallace over at Fox News. <laughs> you, how did you know that? How did you know it was a blue screen of doom? You can see that? She can see the blue screen of doom now in the reflection. <laughs> I mean, it happens sometimes at a teleprompter. We hit the wrong button. So he interviewed with Chris Wallace. And uh, man, this was a fiery one. And there was um, a couple of moments, two of them specifically I wanted to point out. But one of them that seems to be getting the most attention this weekend interview. Uh, let's get right to it. This is it. This is President Trump and Chris Wallace going back and forth on liberal cities and Joe Biden's support for defunding the police. Or did Biden say that? Well, we'll go to the videotape afterwards, but check this out. You've seen deaths. 
up in New York, deaths up in Chicago, shootings. How do you explain it and what are you going to do about it? I explain it very simply by saying they're Democrat-run cities. They're liberally run. They're stupidly run. Liberal Democrats have been running cities in this country for decades. Poorly. Why is it so bad right now? Uh, they've run them poorly. It was always bad, but now it's gotten totally out of control. And it's really because they want to defund the police. And Biden wants to fund, defund no, he, the police. Sir, he does not. Look, he signed a charter with Bernie Sanders. It Redo says nothing about the, defunding the oh, police. Oh, really? It says abolish. It says defund. Let's go. All right. Get well, me, you, get you, me the charter, please. All right. Okay, that one got a lot of attention. That was all over Twitter this weekend. <laughs> Came out of church, relaxing on a Sunday. I was bouncing around looking for some stuff for the show. And that one seems to be everywhere. They're like, oh my gosh, Chris Wallace fact-checked him and got him. Uh, again, this is one of those, are we sure about that? Let me bring up two points in the interview. Um, Wallace brings up one point when Trump says, Chris Wallace asked him about the growing violence in liberal-run cities. Trump says, well, they're being run by Democrats and liberals. And basically, you know, Trump to, you know, summarize what he's saying is that these liberal policies have led to the destruction of these areas, which is absolutely correct, by the way. And, you know, Wallace seems to have an issue with that. And he says, well, this violence is only recent. And I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Chris, again, with, with all due respect to Chris, have you been following the decline of liberal run cities over the last 60 plus years? Ladies and gentlemen, on this show. I got a nice compliment this weekend from a, a, a family member who I honestly did not know watches my show and said she did, which I found astounding because it's not my target audience, if you know what I mean. You know, we're more politically involved here. I was shocked. And I think one of the reasons the family member found the show interesting, to my surprise, is we do actual facts I believe people haven't heard before. So I, I believe Wallace's assertion that somehow this, this violence or whatever is some kind of a new phenomenon is totally and completely inaccurate. Number one, the crime rates in Baltimore City have been going up for a long time and have been elevated above the national average for decades now. Coincidentally, the one place where crime rates have gone down in a big city was because liberals were pushed out of office David Dinkins, Mayor Koch, Jay Beam, and others. What am I talking about? New York City. Giuliani comes in, and then Bloomberg, who is a big government nanny stater in many respects, but was very good with the NYPD. Didn't change a lot. Listen, folks, we have to do facts here. I would never, I wouldn't touch Bloomberg politically with a 35-foot pole. But with the NYPD, he was not that bad. He pretty much continued a lot of the Giuliani policies. And what happened? Crime went down. Where liberals have been in charge monopolistically with no breaks and no sound Republican conservative leadership, Baltimore, St. Louis, other big cities, you've seen a steady decline, a steady decline, it may be in crime, but crime rates still way above the national average. That is entirely inaccurate. This is not new. Secondly, the economies of these big cities run by liberals are a total mess. They're basket case economies. Baltimore, the reason I use Baltimore, one is because Joe is there and I ran in Maryland twice. I'm intimately familiar with the politics of Baltimore. I've done a ton of events there, a lot. In Baltimore County and Baltimore City, they're two separate places. Baltimore City is typically what people are talking about because that's been run monopolistically by Democrats. Baltimore City, ladies and gentlemen, in the 1950s, you know what was the uh, sixth largest city in America? 
They have had a hemorrhaging of population for decades. Did you know Baltimore City also had a median income back in the 50s above the national average? Do you know what it is now? 23 to 25% below the national average. Meaning nobody's making money. So I'm not sure what Wallace is talking about on that. This violence is not new there. There you go. I I forgot I sent you that. Here, Baltimore Business Journal, for those of you watching on YouTube. We always like to cite our sources. Now, this piece is from a while ago. It's from 2011, but it's gotten worse since then. That's the irony of this. Maryland median household incomes number one in the U.S. Baltimore is below average. So you can't even blame it on Maryland. You're like, oh, Baltimore, you know, Baltimore City's in Maryland. It's Maryland's fault. No, no, they're number one. No, that's not Maryland's fault. They were number one back then. I'm not sure where they are now. I mean, Trump's point, again, was accurate. That these cities have been run into the ground by liberals for decades. That is an accurate point. I don't understand what he's fighting there. His second point he tries to make here, Wallace, is that Biden has not said he was going to defund the police. Now, the charter is murky on that, that they refer to. If you go back and listen to the piece, Trump says it's in this charter. To be fair, that's murky. There's no real mention I saw of taking money away from the police. I don't need that, though. I only need to listen to Biden. Joe, just to be clear, if you want to know if Biden wants to defund the police, you should probably go. Where would you go first, Joe? Maybe Biden? Just throwing that out there. Maybe, yeah. No, it's a good possibility. Thank you. Yes. He's, Joe, he's up in the air on that. I am. But maybe, maybe you'd go to Biden's own words first. Again, folks, we just do facts here, okay? Uh-huh. If you want to know where Biden stands on... I, you know what? It is? I can't. I can't even... Because me and Paula this morning are like, some liberal will watch this, and this is where... You understand we're living in an Orwellian newspeak you, nightmare yeah. where liberals just redefine words for political convenience. You get that, right? Yeah. Joe, what does the word defund mean to you? Don't give us, not, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I don't want a fancy dictionary. Yeah. Say a regular, normal, everyday, you are the everyday working yeah. man. If someone said to you, Joe, I am going to, uh, Joe, you work with me, not for, but with me, correct? Yes, if I, I said, Joe, mm-hmm. I am going to defund you on some of your invoices, what would that mean to you? Well, the, the, uh, the prefix D means uh, undo it, take it away, uh, get rid of it, defund it, take it out, forget it, forget about it. Yeah, I uh, there's Joe. Listen, this is not Roger's the source. Joe, no, Joe, we're not Miriam Webster. I'm just asking Joe a common sense question. Right. Like if I'm going to ask you the normal person say, hey, we're going to defund you and your salary and your budget. Joe said, yeah, D meaning take away, undo, lower. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Yeah. But words don't mean that anymore. Why? Why? Because Biden has said that he's on tape. Dan, he's not on tape. Don't listen to me. Listen to Biden in his own interview when he's asked directly, are you going to redirect some of the funds? Redirect, meaning not direct. Direct to the police. Redirect not to the police. Police, no police. Police, no police. We're just using plain English here, folks. Here's Biden's answer. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is that we agree that we can redirect some of the funding. Yes, absolutely. Uh, You know, in radio, we're on terrestrial now. They have like those seven second or something. If it goes into radio silence. Yeah. 
they, they start playing a best of because they're afraid like, like you had a heart attack on the air or something. So I have to like give an uh after like three, four seconds. But honestly, if we weren't on terrestrial, I think I would have just left that, what do you, what, just ghost noise there for like 10 seconds just to let that sink in. Okay. Can you cue that up again? Is that possible? Was that cause you a big headache to do that again? But just, I want you to listen again. So again, directing money to the police. Because again, a lot of people in this, you know, talking headspace have a problem with vocabulary. Directing, redirecting. If you redirect a river away from your house, that means the water that was going by your house is now not going by your house. If you redirect funds away from the police department, that means funds are not their funds anymore and are being directed elsewhere. Are, are we all are we all agreeing on basic English here? Yeah, that's good. So again, I, I don't... <laughs> I, need, I just need some affirmation there. I'm just checking because, again, I'm unsure in these answers where Trump is wrong. Yes, these cities have been run into the ground by liberals. That's accurate. The violence isn't new. That's accurate. The economic malaise isn't new. That's accurate. And secondly, on Biden defunding the police, whether it's in that charter, again, I haven't seen that, but whether Biden wants to defund the police is crystal clear. He's already said it. Again, let's play that one more time. And he's clear. He says, yes. Absolutely. Just in case you're misinterpreting what he's saying. Check this out one more time. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is but that- can we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, absolutely. But he was talking about only up-armored Humvees. No- he then says his generic point, and the guy who asked him mentions nothing about Humvees. He says, but, but, but. In other words, we're not talking about the. Listen, I'm really sorry if you're a dunce and you happen to be a liberal and you're listening to this and you can't figure out how to speak in basic English. Do you understand the guy? No, no, but. He stops him, in other words. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about funding. You will redirect some of the funding. Yes, absolutely. Again, I'm, I'm very sorry you feel the need to defend this guy all the time. I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know what to tell you. Just listen to Biden in his own words. Don't listen to my words about Biden. Listen to Biden's words about himself. Wait, listen, whether you vote for him or not is your bag of donuts. Brother, sister, do your own thing. That's your thing. You want to vote for him because you don't, you don't like the police? I don't agree with you. Obviously, we can't stop you. You believe in an idiotic approach to public safety, like defunding police departments in cities with exploding violence. <laughs> hey, man, it's a free country. It's a secret ballot. You vote for who you want. But stop lying. He never said he wanted to defund the police. Oh, OK. All right. Redirect, defund. I need a you know producer here. To, to, to talk in normal English. So like, I'm not, I'm not crazy, right? Defund, redirect. Yes, absolutely. <sighs> All right. Listen again, listen to the, I, this is why we use audio and video. Just listen to the people on the other side of the argument. You don't have to listen to my commentary, but I appreciate that you enjoy it. Just listen to them. I got one coming up next for the people out there defending Antifa and the street rioters. They're all peaceful protesters. <laughs> sure. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. Always a busy show on Monday. Today's show also brought to you by friends at Helix. 
Now, you know about their wonderful mattresses at helix.com slash Dan. Go check them out and you'll get $200 off your mattress order today. Now, why is Helix special? They're mattresses that matters because they make personalized mattresses right here in America. No contact delivery right to your front door. Free returns at 100 nights sleep chalk. Come on, you're not going to get You're just not going to get that anywhere else. Can we just be straight? You're not getting that anywhere else. To choose a mattress. Helix makes Helix has a quiz. It takes two minutes to complete. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, not for someone else. Why would you do that? Get a mattress for you. Get a mattress customized for you, not for some other guy. You like a mattress that's really soft or firm? You sleep on your side like me, your back or your stomach, or you sleep really hot with Helix? There's a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique tastes. I took the quiz. I was matched with a Midnight Lux Helix because it's the best. My daughter has one too. She loves it. I love Helix, but you don't need to take my word for it. They were awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ, Wired Magazine, Apartment Therapy. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. That's it. They'll match you to a customized mattress, give you the best sleep of your life. It's like sleeping on a cloud. I'd be lost without it. I'm a terrible sleeper. Helix has helped me get through a lot. Not even kidding. Not messing with it. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go now. HelixSleep.com slash Dan. H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash Dan. HelixSleep.com slash Dan. Get up to $200 off your mattress order. Go today. All right. So all weekend, I was at it again doing uh, what I think I do best using my social media platforms, Parler, Twitter, Facebook, and elsewhere to get across a message. That message is the truth, that Antifa is a uh, terrorist group aiming to promote fascism in the United States through the use of violent speech suppression, aggressive tactics, attacks on innocence, uh, and the destruction of property to intimidate. Yes, that's who Antifa is. I had a bunch of hilarious Hollywood idiots and one rather pathetic a singer who I've never heard of in my life who somehow got a blue check mark saying, but Antifa, it literally means anti-fascist. Ladies and gentlemen, I can get a team of uh, old 45-year-old guys and me in my neighborhood with our arthritis and falling apart shoulders to get a wiffle ball team together. Just because we call ourselves the New York Yankees doesn't mean we play like them, okay? I don't really care that Antifa tells you they mean anti-fascist as they're beating the living snot out of you, burning your buildings down, attacking your cities, attacking people, shooting people, beating people, and graffitiing up your, your town as they beat the snot everywhere. I'm not really interested in what they call them. They can call themselves the peaceniks. They can call themselves whatever they like. The, the prayer warriors, it doesn't really matter. Antifa is a fascist group of violent terrorists. That's what they've always been. I, I, and by the way, dude, I, I will say again, because I, whenever I do this segment, the Antifa people have doxed me. You know, when they put your information out there, they keep, fellas, ladies in Antifa or Soy Tifa, as someone called, uh, called them this week, to Soy Tifa, you don't intimidate me one bit. Not a little, not even, if there was a, who discovered zero? Was it the Greeks? If they, if it took a while for you to discover zero and the level of intimidation I have towards Soy Tifa, it is less than zero. It's like that Robert Downey Jr. Wasn't that a movie when he's doing like cocaine and stuff and he degenerates quickly? It's less than zero that you intimidate me. Intimidate me. It, it, I'm not kidding. You, you only incentivize me to tell the truth more about you every time you come after me. There is nothing you can do to stop me. Nothing. Ever, ever understand that horse blinders beam me right in the eye. It'll never stop. I will expose you forever because you're terrorists. And that's what you do. Not only are they terrorists, they're treasonous as well. And they want to abolish the United States. A lot of these Antifa and protesters and these and these the peaceful protesters, of course. 
Well, if you haven't seen enough videos, of course, of them, I, I'm not, you know, I can play all day videos of Antifa burning stuff down. You can follow me on social media if you'd like to see them. But the truth is, for the audio-only listeners, it, it's troubling to play because the, the only audio you hear is, is usually them beating the snot. That's usually from Antifa beating the snot out of a guy. And it makes for a terrible audio show. So I try to avoid audio. Just trust me, they're burning Portland to the ground and beating the snot out of people and trying to burn down federal property. So they had a little rally in Portland with these, you know, protesters. And and here is a, what, what's her name? L- Lily Sinclair or yeah, uh, Liliana yeah, Sinclair? Yeah, Lily Sinclair, I think. Lily Sinclair, okay, whatever. So here's a video of Miss Sinclair here. And uh, again, don't listen to me what their goals are. Just listen to them. Here you go. Hi, everyone. As many of you know, my name is Lilith Sinclair. I'm an Afro-Indigenous, non-binary local organizer here in Portland, organizing for the abolition of not just the militarized police state, but also the United States as we know. I want to make sure that while we are standing here on stolen land, we make sure to do a land now, many of you, if you're watching on YouTube, Joe, I don't know, Paul, I don't know if either one of you picked this up. Mm-hmm. If you're watching on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino, there's something rather odd about that, that whole little audio video pictorial display there, whatever it was. So she wants the abolishment of the United States and she's reading a speech off a piece of paper. No, 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 no. She's reading her speech off what looks like, because I can tell from the, looks like it's three cameras, from the latest iPhone, which is fascinating. She apparently hates capitalism, the United States, but has the latest iPhone to do it. Mm. These, eh, what, did, did, these are, do you understand why I, this is not a tough guy show, okay? I think I'm a generally tough guy, but I don't need the toughest guys never have to tell anybody that. So you should never say that. So we'll retract that. I'm just saying the toughest guys I've ever met never talk about it. The weakest people I have ever seen in my life and why I, I know I don't sweat it when, because sooner or later this is going to end because they don't have the fight in them. These people we're fighting on the other side are tier one level wuss bags. Every single one of them. They're all soft. You're reading from an iPhone. Your manifesto about how you want to destroy. You know what, Joe? It's Orwell. I forgot. It's Orwell time. Some media guy will jump in and go, she didn't say destroy. She said abolish. They don't mean the same thing. (laughs) Somebody will do that. Some media. She did not say destroy. She said abolish. She said defund and redirect. That doesn't mean take money away. It means redirect money away in a circuitous manner that may one day wind up back in the pockets of the original funded mechanism that was defunded through the redirection. And you're sitting there at the end and you're like pulling your hair like, huh? What? This is what they want to do. They confuse you with stupid. Didn't say destroy the United States. She said she wants to abolish it. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I got it now. Abolish. It's so much better. You're right. Just listen to them. But this is why, in the end, I'm optimistic that we will be victorious because these people are soft. They have no fight in them. They have no guts. They have no grit. They have no principles, no guiding principles. See, you and I fight for something because we believe in it. We believe in big R, God-given rights. We don't believe in judging people by melanin component, the, the melanin levels in their skin. We don't believe in judging them by what country they were born in, what God they pray to. We don't 
We don't do that. We believe in the big R God-given rights and we believe in redemption and things that matter and family, God, faith, local communities. And we'll defend those things. And we have. And we will again. These lunatics on the left won't. They have no heart. No heart at all. They don't even realize as they protest against capitalism in the United States and other things that they can't even do it by putting their iPhones down. A very product of the free market system that gave you these luxuries. They can't even put them down for two minutes and get away from them. These people are soft. They always have been. You're not. The people on our side fought for this country. The people on our side built this country. The electricians, the truck drivers, the carpenters, the farmers, the HVAC guys, the plumbers, the bricklayers, the stonemasons. They built this place. People laying carpet. The people putting in asbestos, breathing that stuff in their lungs. For you. These were hard, hard men. Hard men. My grandfather worked in a fish store 14 hours a day his entire life. These were hard men. You are not. You can't even put your iPhone down. You pathetic losers. You want to destroy, sorry, abolish the United States. We got to get the precision matters. You want to abolish the United States? Can't even get away from your iPhone for five minutes. See, I don't have to get away from mine. I enjoy capitalism and the fruits of it. And I will use it tacti tactically to our advantage till the end. While you suckers claim to have principles and humiliate yourselves every time. Now, showing you these cities love chaos. And I'm not talking about the residents. I'm talking about the leadership, the political ship. They love it. What's, have you seen what's happening in Portland? Soitifa is burning the place to the ground. They are. They, remember, they attack in packs because they're largely cowards. Did you see that one guy, that Antifa guy, who tried to pull that guy out of the car? Remember the one video we showed last week? And then a the guy jumps out of the car, and he, he obviously knows MMA or something. He does like a hip toss, and the Soy Tifa kid is, is practically in tears. They don't have any fight in them. But the politicians in, in Oregon have given up. Now, ladies and gentlemen in Oregon, to the good folks there who are being subjected to, to this, if, if this continues, you need to move because obviously your votes don't matter. I know you didn't vote for chaos, but chaos is being brought upon you and chaos is being worshipped by the people in charge who are appreciating and enjoying the destruction of your once great state. Here's a tweet by one of the biggest morons up there uh, on the Hill, Jeff Merkley, a hapless loser who uh, has uh, no serious uh, uh, backbone at all. Uh, one of these... Loser libs who just, again, because he's living in a, uh, probably in his office up on Capitol Hill, uh, is living insulated, protected by Capitol Hill police all day uh, from the mob he endorses. But here's a tweet by Jeff Merkley, uh, another loser liberal who uh, just, he wants everybody, President Trump has sent the federal police in there, federal police in there to clean the city up, thank God. But Merkley tweeted this, where he just, they say, hey, get your people out of there. Get your people out of there, man. We don't need your federal police officers in there. Matter of fact, I can't stand them. He'll, he's actually going to be introducing a bill to stop them from sending paramilitary squads. Listen to the way this, this loser, this complete buffoon, Jeff Merkley, talks about federal agents working to secure a city burning to the ground because of Soitifa. 
He says, I'm going to stop Trump from sending his paramilitary squads into American streets. We won't let these authoritarian tactics stand. Authoritarian. They just had a rally calling for the abolishment of the United States. And this colossal dipwad who raised his right hand and swore to protect the Constitution of the United States is celebrating all this stuff. I say to President Trump, if you're listening, now is the time to double and triple down. Send, as I said before, any federal agent, anyone, any federal police officer we can spare into these cities, and we will protect those federal properties. Everyone will get habeas corpus. You know, you'll be, you'll be brought up for your initial appearance. Of course, you'll only be detained if you charge a crime. I'm, I, we can't move from that at all. Then we become no better than them. But we will enforce the law there. You can call them whatever you want. It's Nancy Pelosi called her. I don't know if I've heard she called them stormtroopers. These are federal agents. This is how your Speaker of the House, all you federal agents out there, this is how Nancy Pelosi refers to you. But she's our friend. Some of them still believe that. Very few. But so, really? You believe that's how she's talking about you, stormtroopers and paramilitary squads. Here is the hapless mayor of Portland, Ted Wheeler, who is. If he was in a sprint for worst, like a worst mayors in America sprint, believe me, he's only a hair length behind communist, the comrade de Blasio right now in New York. Wheeler is closing in. Joe, you know, we always have this race with the you know biggest buffoons yep. in the media. Yep, yep, it's yep. always Stelter, number one. And Chuck mm -hmm. Todd's always nipping at his heels. Mm -hmm. It's always close. Chuck beat him one time, one week. And then we had to go back to Stelter because Stelter's just, you know. I mean, the king, if there was like a king of the morons, if there was a moron village, this guy has a crown. Well, in the worst mayors in America, it's hard to beat Comrade de Blasio. But this guy's really trying. So Wheeler, whose city in Portland, Oregon, is burning to the ground in live time. You think he'd be like, maybe we should stop this stuff? You know, Soitifa and all them. We can't have them burning the city to the ground. I, 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 got, I got residents here and businesses here. Why do you keep taking a Mependa every time I write soy tea? You don't like soy tea for some? You object to my soy tea for commentary? Oh, all right. She's like taking notes over there. Pause. I see. You. <laughs> you would think the mayor would be interested in stopping this. So finally, in a little presser back and forth, the mayor of Portland had tip Andy No, by the way, for this clip. I saw it on his, uh, on his Twitter. NGO, Andy No, really good. If you want to see what's going on with soy tea, check out Andy No. The mayor's finally asked a real question, Joe, by a reporter who's getting a little curious. Like, uh, the mayor who wants it, keeps blaming President Trump because federal agents are in Portland protecting federal property, which he, they don't need Wheeler's permission for, the mayor of Portland at all. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad Trump's doing it. We should be locking more people up. Right. He's finally asked the question, and listen to his answer. It's quite hilarious how he blames this all, the violence in Portland, which has been going on for years now on President Trump. What a doofus. Check this guy out. Keep your troops in your own buildings or have them leave our city. My question is for the mayor. The federal government says that they wouldn't have come into the city if city leaders had gotten a handle on the riots. What's your plan to get a handle on the violence? And you say that we can handle it better than the feds can. But we haven't heard or seen a plan to stop vandalism or the riots even prior to the federal government or federal officers getting into town. 
And what we saw was the numbers were dwindling, the energy in the crowd was decreasing, and people were moving elsewhere to do other things. Then the feds came in uh, on the heels of some really inflammatory public messaging coming out of Washington, D.C., from the president directly, as well as the Department of Homeland Security, and they blew the whole thing back up again. So Ted Steeler, stealing away your civil liberties uh, inch by inch in the city of Portland, because you don't have any civil liberties if you live in Portland right now. If you're a business, any given night, your business could burn to the ground because, you know, Soitifa is in charge over there. Ted Steeler can't seem to answer the question. The reporter goes, really, if President Trump started this, this has been going on for weeks. Actually, it's been going on for years, the violence in Portland. Uh, why are you blaming federal uh, federal agents for that? Well, I don't understand. What did they do? Of course, he just makes it up. Oh, they came in and the whole situation spiraled out of control. He has no real answer for that question because he's a fake and a phony and a fraud. And when you are a fake and a phony and a fraud, you don't have any facts or data to back you up and you're watching your city burn. What do you do? Deflect, deny, and blame other people. It's really, it's, it is the, if you had to write a book, remember we did that interview with Jocko Willink. He had that great book about leadership. That was a good interview. I always appreciated that one. It was a few months ago. Yeah. You know, Jocko was pretty clear in an interview that one of the essences of leadership is the willingness, you know, to take on that responsibility, acknowledge you are in charge and that you're going to be making decisions and you're going to take responsibility for those outcomes. Not, not Ted Steeler. Steeler's watching his city burn to the ground, has the capability to stop it and the police department to do it and just refuses. President Trump comes in, starting to clean this mess up and he doesn't like it. So the strategy by Merkley... Pelosi and these other liberal zeros out there is to make enemies out of the good guys. The federal agents in Portland putting their own lives on the line to try to bring order back to the city. That's their strategy. Make them out to be the bad guys. We are really living in bizarro Superman land where everything's upside down. Thanks to the liberal lunatics on the left and their soy tifa buddies. Can you imagine I mean, just for a second, I want to move because I got I got a lot to get to, but I want to move on. But this is just just for a second that we just play a, a thought experiment. Joe, can you imagine for a second if a Tea Party group or any Republican group occupied a city for months, literally graffitied the city, attacked on video innocent people over and over, showed up in black black fascist masks? with goggles and masks so they can't be identified, weapons, incendiary devices, and explosives, burn the police station, and attacked innocent people every day. Can you, can you imagine what would happen? Yeah. But because we live with a malicious, evil subset of the media, evil, evil, genuinely evil people who are on the side of evildoers, make no mistake, they defend Soitifa, and they make the good guys the cops, the bad guys. Now, you can, if you're a liberal listening, because uh, seriously, not all Democrats, but if you're a liberal, you're probably a dunce. So you probably don't get that analogy. You probably say, no, 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 that's not a fair analogy. If those were conservatives in those black masks beating the crap out of people, no, no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't happen. Conservatives, they're, they're more violent than us. They're the real fascists. You have no evidence of that. We have actual video. You're just making that up. You're just making that up because you wake up in the morning and your whole life is a lie and you can't accept it. The evil is on the left. 
It's always been on the left in my 40 plus years on this planet. The only thing stopping the public from seeing it is because they're viewing it through that box we call a television, through the lens of a corrupt subset of the media who refuses to tell you the truth that the real fascists have always been on the left. All right, let me get to my next sponsor. And seriously, folks, a real, a genuine stunner, finally. I mean, just hard evidence about how you have been hoaxed to death. I was talking to a friend this weekend. He's like, my mom's a liberal. I can't. She still believes Trump colluded with the Russians. If she believes that after this weekend, you, she really needs to seek professional mental help. I'm very sorry. We'll get to that in a second. Today's show brought to you by uh, my friends at Teeter. This has become a key component of my daily routine and my workout. Teeter, what is it? It's an inversion table. It's an inversion table that uses gravity and your own body weight to decompress your spine and relieve pressure on your discs. And for me, more importantly, not just my back, but my surrounding joints too, my hips, which are getting bad, my elbows too. I don't mean to complain, but having arthritis is rough. A lot of you live with it. It really is. It's a debilitating thing. I've been lucky enough to avoid a lot of the downsides of it with my Teeter inversion table. I feel like a new man when I get off my teeter inversion table. It decompresses my spine. It's great for my shoulders. It's the best inversion table on the market. Over 3 million people have put their trust in teeter. They've been the best known name in inversion tables since 1981. For a limited time, you can get teeter's new upgraded model of the inversion table, the teeter fit spine. It has bonus accessories, including the stretch max handles. They let you get a little extra stretch in there and an easy reach ankle system. It's easy to get in an invert. Easy. No problem at all. Plus a free inversion program mat for the ultimate inversion experience. I get a little teeter high off it too when I get off. Teeter inversion tables have thousands of reviews on Amazon and they're rated at 4.9 stars. And with this deal, you'll get $150 off when you go to teeter. That's T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash Dan. You'll also get free shipping, free returns, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. There's no risk to try it out. Remember, you can only get the new teeter fit spine inversion table plus the free inversion program mat by going to teeter dot com slash Dan. That's T-E-E-T-E-R dot com slash Dan. Teeter dot com slash Dan. Go today. All right. So again, I was talking to one of my buddies and he's like, I don't know what to do. My, my, uh, you know, my mother's still convinced that Trump colluded with the Russians. I, I don't know what to tell. I really, I, I'm not, not, listen, I love your mom. She's probably great. She's probably terrific. She also has no grasp on reality whatsoever. So what happened this weekend? Well, a couple of big things happened, but the big one, the huge one, in my opinion, is some notes from the investigator who investigated the whole Trump alleged ties to Russia, Peter Stroke. We'll keep it simple. He was the FBI agent responsible for the case. Some notes were just declassified. Now, if you're dumb enough to still believe Trump colluded with the Russians, you'd say to yourself, well, being that this guy was the lead investigator on the case, Joe, where the allegation was Trump colluded with the Russians, and this guy had subpoena power, millions of dollars of, of FBI assets, FBI personnel, mm-hmm. and a year to do his investigation. His notes definitely say, Joe, that at least there's some evidence Trump colluded with the Russians, right? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, just a little bit. Fair? Yeah. fair? Mm-hmm. yeah. A little bit, right? There's something, there's got to so. be some. You know, the Spygate case is very complicated. This part isn't. This is simple. So John Solomon, Just the News, has a great piece up by Cheryl Atkins, his site, Just the News. But Cheryl Atkinson is the author of the piece. New Russia probe memos expose massive errors in the New York Times anti-Trump story and Steele dossier. Ladies and gentlemen, I am going to go through this now and show you a couple of things. How a fake story is started, number one. Number two, 
how that fake story makes its way into a mainstream media outlet. And number three, how once that fake story makes its way into a main, mainstream media outlet like the New York Times, notice I didn't say real journalism, I media, mainstream media, I mean, it's probably fake. How that mainstream media outlet is then, that uses that story and it's propagated by a small cabal of politicians, activists, and media people to make you believe what is a fake story is true. So you get it? Let's walk through this first. So the New York Times wrote this story on, uh, was it February 14th of 2017? It was by Michael Schmidt. Uh, the story's an embarrassment. The story alleged that there was a bunch of evidence of Trump team's collusion because they had evidence of their contacts with Russians. You got it? New York Times, Trump team's been communicating with Russians. The problem is, that story has now been entirely, completely discredited. Why? Because the lead FBI investigator working on the case apparently read that story in live time and had his own notes about it. Wait, 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 wait. Joe, you're probably asking, if the New York Times got this story from a source, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We got a story. New York Times, well-sourced story. Trump teams had contact with the Russians. This is really bad. If they got that story from a source, Mm -hmm. then how is it that the guy actually working the case is saying this story is totally false? Ladies and gentlemen, because either the source was made up and it's totally fake, or the source did tell him that and the source was lying. Hmm. We're going to go through some screenshots from this piece, which is in the show notes. This is one of those must-read Aruskis. You got to read this. Justthenews.com. Be up at my show notes. Bongino.com. Check it out. Slash newsletter. Bongino.com slash newsletter. I'll email these. I mean, I'll email you, excuse me, these articles every day. Let's go to number one. Let's walk through this article piece by piece. What the New York Times said back in February of 2017 about Trump's team, the Trump team's nefarious connections with Russians. And what the FBI investigator, as he's reading this article, is taking down in his own notes. This is hilarious how stupid and gullible these media people were. Let's go to screenshot number one. So claims that this is laid out well by Cheryl Atkinson. Here's the claim in the New York Times article. It's quoted, folks, for liberals, meaning that this is what was actually in the New York Times. Phone records and intercepted calls show that members of the Trump presidential campaign and other Trump associates had repeated contacts. Here we go, Joe, with senior Russian officials in the year before the election, according to four current and four American officials. Whoa, whoa. New York Times, February 2017. Four people told us Trump's talking to the Russians, which, by the way, none of that's illegal anyway. But you would think, okay, well, I don't know, maybe it could be illegal. As I write in my new book, contact with Russians isn't illegal. Illegal contacts with Russians is illegal. You get that, right? Everybody understands that? You understand every Democrat senator up on Capitol Hill has had contact with Russians? You understand that, right? Including Mark Warner, the Democrat senator from Virginia, who's actually in a text exchange trying to solicit help from someone connected to Russians. You understand that, right? Contact with Russians is not illegal. Illegal contact with Russians is illegal. Joe and I would be in jail if contact with Russians were. Joe, Joe, you've been to Russia, right? Are you, oh are you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did were, were you investigated by the FBI for that trip? Just checking. No, man, no. Mm-mm. That's no. A, okay. I was in Russia too. I was not investigated. Not yet. I'm a Republican. You and I may get investigated next, oh, Joe. Geez. But I was in Russia too. I assure you, it was yeah. not illegal. But you would say, okay, at least maybe they got that part of the story right. Maybe it wasn't illegal, but. 
you know, there were some contacts. Well, let's look at Peter Stroke's own notes, which we're now seeing for the first time. Note by Stroke. Who, keep in mind, Libs, I know you go, your skulls are super thick and all, but this is the FBI lead investigator actually looking into this. Here's his quote about that. He's talking about that exact line in the New York Times article. <sighs> quote, this statement is misleading and inaccurate as written. We have not seen evidence of any individuals in contact with Russians, both governmental and non-governmental. There is no known intel affiliation and little, if any, government of Russia affiliation. FBI investigation has shown past contact between Trump uh, campaign volunteer Carter Page and uh, the SVR, the Russian SVR, but not during his association with the Trump campaign. That, that's the FBI guy. So to all the numbnuts out there, in the media, who, who, including the New York Times moron that wrote this article, are we, are, can we expect a retraction now? When, does the, when do you resign, Michael Schmidt? I'm just curious. What day? Did you resign yet? It's Monday. Has he resigned yet? Has he retracted this article? Nothing you said was true. The FBI's contemporaneous notes say none of that is actually true. There were no contacts they found during the Trump campaign, between the Trump campaign and Russian officials, which, by the way, is not even illegal. You may say, gosh, gosh, that's 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 really horrible. No, 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 no. It gets worse. Yes, that's horrible. But believe me, it gets worse. It's how bad this New York Times. If this New York Times author, Schmidt, doesn't resign by the end of the week. But what am I, I mean, I, wait, example, the New York Times. It doesn't matter. He writes for the New York. No one takes him seriously. Anyway. He really, just out of a sense of dignity to look your kids in the mirror, just resign. You can, you can at least salvage some sliver, some iota of dignity. I resigned. It was a terrible piece. I made a huge mistake and I misled the country. Let's go to claim number two in the New York Times from, again, Cheryl Atkinson's piece. Keep this article handy for your liberal friends, especially liberal moms and dads who still believe this asinine story. Claim in the New York Times article, quote, one of the advisors picked up on the intercepted calls was Paul Manafort. Oh, my gosh, Joe, they've got an intercepted call with Russians and Paul Manafort. Uh oh. And he was Trump's campaign chairman for several months. Oh, it's right. Arma Koss nailed that one. Damn right. Joe's very concerned right now. I am. So the New York Times claimed that there were contacts with Russians that didn't exist. Now they're claiming they have an actual intercepted call with Manafort and these high up Russian officials. Well, let's go to Stroke's actual notes about that contemporaneously written, who, again, has access to all of this stuff because he's doing the actual investigation. Let's let's check out what the Stroke notes say about the intercepted Manafort phone call. Note by Stroke. We are unaware of any calls with any Russian government official in which Manafort was a party. Let me read that again, because I, I know I dipped away from them. I'm sorry, folks. Sometimes, listen, I have not been in radio my whole life. I've had, you know, I did other things, portraying radio professionals who do this their whole life. No, to never walk away from that. I'm not one of those guys. That's why I love my show. Okay, let me read it again. This is Strokes' actual notes on that. We are unaware of any calls with any Russian government official in which Manafort was a party. Was anything in this New York Times article correct? Anything? No. They say, that's really bad. So the New York Times claims they know about communications between Trump and Russian officials that the FBI say, nah, that never happened. Then they're saying, no, no, we have a specific intercept of the call. And the FBI is like, no, no, that didn't happen either. Then they name Manafort on the call and they go, we got an intercept of that. No, that didn't happen. Some of this stuff had to happen, Joe. Some let, let's put let's put a bigger one up. Right. Here's another screenshot from this just the news piece. Yeah, you're like this gets worse. Yes, Joe, it gets worse. Be patient. Claim in the New York Times article, Joe. Quote: 
The FBI has obtained banking and travel records. Uh oh. Uh oh. Note by stroke. Quote, we do not yet have detailed banking records. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) Times is the, you're you're batting a thousand here, Times. You are succeeding at failure 100% of the time. (laughs) You are nailing it. Well done. Every key assertion categorically false. Let's go back. This one's a real gem. This is the coup de grace of this whole thing. Claimed by the New York Times. Officials would not disclose many details, including what was discussed on the calls. You know, the calls that never happened. And how many of Trump's advisors were talking to the Russians. (laughs) Strokes notes. Again, and his highlight, not mine. We are unaware of any, any Trump advisors engaging in conversations with Russian intel officials. And their coverage had not been, has not been, has not revealed contact between Russian intelligence officers and the Trump team. The Times is batting a thousand in this piece now. They've got nothing right. Everything they've been told is categorically false. And yet the piece, I'm not even dumb, I'm going to show you the tweets, was sent around by everyone as if this was gospel. Now do you know why I tell you ignore the news media? They are lying to you. They are documented, discredited, full-blown conspiracy theory lunatics without a sliver of dignity or integrity. Every one of them should resign tomorrow and find a new line of work, but they won't because they're not in this for the truth. They're not in this for journalism. They're in this for propaganda. And the truth is they're doing a good job. They won't even apologize for this piece. There's one more. Gets even better. You may say, come on, they got at least one thing right. No, no, not even one thing. New York Times claim. Senior FBI officials believe Christopher Steele, you know, the PP tape author guy, the PP dossier. So senior FBI officials believe Christopher Steele has a credible track record claimed by the New York Times. Strokes notes, strike again. What, 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 are, you, what are you doing? What's going on over there? I didn't read strokes notes yet. Come on, you're killing me here today. Recent interviews and investigation, however, reveal Steele may not be in a position to judge the reliability of the subsource network. This is great. So just to go over that again. So New York Times, Trump has had a lot of meetings and calls with the Russians. FBI, that's not true. Uh, We have a tape of Paul Manafort talking with the Russians. Strokes notes, that's not true. We've obtained New York Times. We've obtained bank and travel records from Trump. FBI, we have no bank records. Uh, uh, New York Times, Steele has been deemed very reliable by the FBI. Stroke, we have made no such claims at this point. Listen, uh, Michael Schmidt and the New York Times, seriously, please just resign. Just do the right thing. Have some dignity. You're you're awful at your, whatever you call your job, journalism, reporting, I call it Pravda activism. Whatever you think your job is, you're really not good at it. Just please. Just stop. You see how on my show, like, we give alternate sides of things? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. You see how, like, you know, even though I work at specific places, I have no problem, like, with the truth and stuff like that. And I told you, you know, that Biden thing and the other stuff before, we give you both sides. I'm a conservative, but I'm doing that because my credibility matters. Does your credibility matter to you? Not a joke. It's a serious question. Does your credibility matter? Does it matter to you that you wrote an article that changed the course of U.S. politics in February of 2017? Literally. Was used to create a hoax, a conspiracy theory? And your name is on it? Does that bother you at all? 
You may say, Dan, come on, that article wasn't that impactful. So what? They lied in the article. Or if they didn't lie, they were lied to and they just don't have good sources. Well, maybe before you write an article like that, you should maybe check that stuff. Just asking. I'm going to go through some tweets in a second showing you how this article was used to create the false narrative that my friend's mother still believes to this day, the ridiculous hoax that Trump colluded with the Russians. You believe a falsehood, whether you choose to believe it um, honestly or not. Is I, I, I can't account for your instability uh, that you guys believe in that. But I'm going to show you how they did it. Let me get to my final sponsor first. Today's show also brought to you by our friends at Policy Genius. Ladies and gentlemen, go to policygenius.com, compare quotes in just minutes. Now is the time. Shopping for life insurance can raise a lot of questions. How much coverage you need? What insurance company is the best one for you? How much should it cost? And at a time when it's more important than ever to have life insurance, the pandemic is making it a little more complicated to shop for. That's where Policy Genius can help. As a life insurance marketplace backed by a team of experts, Policy Genius is keeping track of all the changes in the market so you don't have to. They will find you the right amount of coverage at the best possible price without the headaches. Save money, save time. The best place to go. Policy Genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies in one place. It takes just a few minutes to compare quotes from the top insurers to find your best price. This doesn't just save you a lot of legwork. You save real money here talking about $1,500 or more in possible savings a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. That's real dough, real money. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. If you get any speed bumps during the application process, they're there, Policy Genius, to take care of everything. So if you need life insurance, but you're not sure where to start, go now to policygenius.com. Policy Genius will find you the best rate and handle the process completely. They'll get you and your family protected and hopefully give you one less thing to worry about. It. Try it today, policygenius.com. Go check it out. Okay. So again, those of you under the illusion that the media is doing journalism and that they don't have a network of idiots that are out there to spread the lie when they lie to you. Let me go through some tweets and I want to hat tip Arthur Schwartz on Twitter who had a compilation of these on Twitter and that's where I got a lot of these from. So nice job with that. The day that article came out with all the lies, Trump's colluding with the Russians and talking to him, all lies. These are all the dunces that thought it would be a good idea to propagate this thing without checking it themselves either. So here's the first tweet from the absolutely hapless. This is the, of all the dunce tweets, this is the least dunce of the dunceries. But you know, Adam Goldman, New York Times, you know, the, uh, the, the, uh, probably the emperor of Spygate colluders at the New York Times, a guy who's been fed more misinformation than pretty much anyone in the media. Here's him tweeting it out. Trump campaign aides had repeated contacts with Russian intelligence. 2-14-17, Adam Goldman, lead Spygate hoaxer, a collusion hoaxer. Spygate hoaxer too, because he wants you to believe Spygate isn't real. Yeah. Oh, Goldman, that guy. You may say, all right, that's just a headline. Here's some reporter named Topher Sanders. Uh, was he the guy in the Spider-Man movies? Topher Sanders? Topher. Was that him? He says, Topher. Topher said, he may have been uh, the, the guy in the uh, the Eddie Brock character in the Spider-Man. Oh. Just kidding. Just that was an, I think that was a different Topher. He says, now this is, is how you blanking report. Wow. New York Times piece, 214, 2017. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, how you report, all right? That's when you're hack, loser, fake news professionals, uh, so-called professionals. That's a Here's rep Eric Swalwell. He's using a picture and avatar of um, John Lewis, who tragically died this weekend. But this is rep Eric Swalwell's Twitter account. This was, this was him from back in uh, uh, the 17, you know, because even if you pull it up now, it uses the avatar now, just so you're not confused by that. He says, more and more arrows point to coordination between real Donald Trump's team and Russian hacking. 
It's time for country over party. Citing what, Joe? New York Times article, <laughs> 214, 2017. So now we have two media goofballs. We have a hapless member for Congress. I think I got more votes for president than he did when he ran. Just a total goofball swallow. Now, here's the smart people at Lawfare Blog. Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. You, it's Hennessy next. You got Epstein. You're out of order. Well, that while we're at it, keep that one up. You, this is Epstein. This is a Jennifer Epstein from Bloomberg. Insult the intelligence community. And in other words, this is what happens. What does she cite? The New York Times article, 214, 2017. Repeat a lie often enough, Joe. Sooner mm -hmm. or later, people believe it. Let's check out the next one here. Darren, Yamichi Alcindor from PBS. Wow. Trump campaign aides had repeated contacts with Russian intelligence. New York Times, 214, 2017. Sounds kind of like an echo chamber, doesn't it? Surely there aren't more. Oh, here we go. Susan Hennessy from Lawfare blog. When we were talking about before, that's, you know, those are all the smart people. Lawfare, you know, they write about mm -hmm. like, we're, we're, we're a nonpartisan. We're, we do coverage of the legal uh, ecosystem out there. You do. Here she is. This one, by the way, Susan Hennessy is one of the clown collusion hoaxers out there. She's embarrassed herself so many times. How she hasn't deleted her account yet is stunning. But here's her tweet. <laughs> it's all starting to unravel. This won't be over soon. And we must be relentlessly disciplined in how we discuss it. Citing what? The same New York Times article, 214, 2017. There's one more. Can't leave out MSNBC. Is Dunce Miller, who's another guy, another collusion hoaxer. He's up there too. Here's Matt Miller, one of the, again, another one of the prominent collusion hoaxers from the beginning, citing the Michael Schmidt article right there. Exclusive. He says, Miller says from MSNBC, it's not an exaggeration anymore to say this is becoming one of the biggest scandals in American history. Oh, <laughs> he was right. Joseph. Yeah. Matthew Miller was not wrong. Right. I got you. He was right. Uh -huh. Just for the wrong reason. Right. <laughs> you are absolutely right, Matthew. This is one of the biggest scandals in American history. Just not for the reasons you thought. <laughs> Two for today. All right. I'm going to wrap up the show on this today because I do feel obligated to give you a coronavirus update because again if you're listening to the panic merchants in the media you will i mean you'll be in red line panic mode 24 hours a day and you're not going to have a full scope perspective of what's really going on with the coronavirus so regarding masks we've been told you know masks could stop the spread They're quoting the cdc saying if everybody would wear a mask in a, just a few weeks we could be done with this thing four to six weeks we could be done really you have evidence for that claim? I'm just checking because John Solomon has an interesting piece up at just the news, which will be in the show notes again, which I encourage you to subscribe to. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Just the news. One month after statewide mask mandate, California's daily COVID case average has increased by 162%. Uh, again, I'm just... Uh, now, again, because we do fair not lopsided coverage here. Real science would dictate to you the axiom that correlation does not mean causation. That is true here too. You've said that many times and I will continue to. But correlation is not an irrelevant data point either. And if you are trying to make the case that we should be putting out government edicts 
using the threat of government force, fines and arrests for you if you don't wear a mask, we should at least be able to cite some science showing it's helping, right? You would at least be able to show a basic correlation that the mask mandate wasn't effect. Joe, you would think, is that, I mean, Joe, if this isn't a fair question, again, please stop me. Okay. Would it not be fair to say we put out this edict for a mask, the incubation period is anywhere from two to 14 days. So if everybody's wearing a mask because the government said so, and they're, you know, we, we think it's going to help put, you know, get people in masks that you would think within a couple of weeks we would see some kind of decline. But that's that's not what happened. No. That's not what happened. That piece is pretty clear. The cases have gone up 160%. So although these two variables, government edict on, on uh, masks and infections, although these two variables are correlated, but that doesn't mean necessarily one cause. I'm not suggesting that masks are completely ineffective. I'm not telling you that. I'm not telling you not to wear one either. I'm simply telling you that the science on this is more than uncertain. And I don't think we need a big government nanny state to tell us what to do. I think we're all adults and we're all allowed to make our own decisions and look at the science for ourselves. And the science and the correlation here is in the opposite direction. This government edict in California was correlated with an increase in cases, not a decrease. Government says wear masks. Cases don't go down. They go up. More on coronavirus and the outbreak of coronavirus. You're getting these daily death counts plastered all over the now insane Drudge Report. Folks, if you're not checking us out upon GenoReport.com, you are reading full-blown absurd. I go to Drudge Report to see what the competition is doing. It is a full-blown redline panic hysteria campaign now. Daily death counts. You, Joe, you can't fake a daily death count, right? You're either dead or you're not. not. Yeah, right. I mean, it's not, you're, you're, either not, you're either not alive or you're alive. Yeah. No, apparently you can screw that up too. How's Another that? article from John Solomon's site, just the news by Daniel Payne. Yeah, yeah, you can screw that up too, apparently. How COVID-19 fatality reports are distorting the, daila, the data on daily death rates. No, this is real. They're even screwing that up. What are they doing, folks? They're taking reclassifications of people who died days or weeks ago, and on the day they're reclassified, whether it may be whatever, say someone died of, I don't know, a pneumonia and they attributed it to something else. And on an autopsy, they figured out it was coronavirus. The person's dead two weeks. They didn't die yesterday. They're mixing those together to give you these inflated body counts. Fact from the John Solomon piece or the Daniel Payne piece. I'm sorry, on the John Solomon site, Precision Matters. Quote, a similar problem was seen in Florida. They talked about Arizona before. When the state health department in Florida announced on Thursday 156 deaths in one 24-hour period. That number was touted as a frightening new record by media outlets such as CNN, the Miami Herald, NBC, the Orlando Sentinel, and numerous others. What's the problem, folks? The problem is that 150-plus people did not die in that 24-hour period. About 58 to 60 of them did, depending on the classification. Meaning a majority of them did not die on that day. They were people who had died before. Tragic. No disputing that. No serious thinking human being would. But data and statistics matter. 
So when you're told about these Arizona and Florida death counts on Drudge as if you should be running out of your house and screaming in a panic with your hair on fire, the question you should be asking, well, did they really die in that one day? No, no, they died months ago. Well, that kind of matters, no? Kind of tough to get a daily body count if it's not daily. Again, I'm not telling you not to wear a mask and I'm not telling you not to be concerned. I'm telling you, Read the science on masks before you make that decision. Challenge government officials on it. And secondly, the data on this you're getting is not accurate. And the data you're not getting, critical decisions are being made about shutting economies down and bankrupting people on data that is not accurate. Be like saying we've got to shut down traffic in Martin County, Florida, because 200 people are dying a day in a car accident. They are. Then you find out there was an accident two weeks ago that had 198 casualties in a big chain reaction. 200 people are not dying a day. Two people maybe died in a day and 198 were killed a couple of weeks ago. All tragic deaths. But that's not why you make the decision based on data that's not accurate. You have a responsibility to tell people the truth. You may say this can't get any worse. Oh, it can. Remember the hydroxychloroquine panic? Don't take hydroxychloroquine. Trump said that Trump said it could work for treating it. So, of course, the media wanted it done and gone. If the media said, you know, uh, Trump reported uh, oxygen was a uh, was fantastic. They would they you know, they'd stick bags over their heads, of course. So Trump touted hydroxychloroquine as a treatment. Here's an interesting uh, source from John Hopkins about some Switzerland data. Look at this. So they stopped dispensing hydroxychloroquine because it was suspended because of media hysteria. Look at what happened just a couple days later. That's right. Death counts went up dramatically. All of a sudden, they went back to dispensing hydroxychloroquine as a treatment. Look at what happens to the death counts. Yes, they went down again to where they were before. Correlation, again, does not always mean causation. But when the correlation is working against you, it is a data point worth considering. The media, hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Really, we stopped using it and more people died. Then we used it again and less people died. <laughs> Correlation doesn't mean causation. It doesn't. But it's a useful data point, is it not? Not for you, because you're a moron in the media. Let's go to one more. Trump said we should open the schools, just like he said we should uh, consider hydroxychloroquine as a treatment. We can't use hydroxychloroquine. You know, the media's got to be for anything, uh, before anything Trump's against and against anything Trump is for. Trump wants to open up the schools. So you think there'd be data on that, right? Data? No, there actually is data. Even Bloomberg, yeah, Bloomberg. The left-leaning outlet. Study I'll put in the show notes today. If I'm citing Bloomberg, you know we're in trouble. Nordic studies suggest open schools don't spread virus much. Bloomberg. But now let's keep uh, listening to the liberal hysteria panic merchants out there. Shut our schools down. Keep our kids in solitary confinement over no data whatsoever. But remember, Joe, they believe in the science. Phonies. Mm. Total frauds. All right, folks. It's going to be a long day today. Maybe I'll have some story to tell you later. This is an interesting one. But again, we're going to see how much we can pack in a 24-hour period. Maybe some updates later on. All right, subscribe to my show if you don't mind. YouTube.com slash Bongino and on Apple Podcasts as well. We really appreciate it. It's always free. It helps us move up the charts and other people find the show. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.